Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I want us to go to Jeremiah chapter 9. And we're going to begin there this morning. For Jeremiah chapter 9. And um, I want to read three verses here. And we'll probably look at some other verses as uh, we are uh, led here to do. Jeremiah chapter 9. Have you, have you found that? Yeah. Verse 1 says, Jeremiah is talking about uh, what it's like in the day that he is living in with Israel. And he said, Oh, that my head were waters, and that my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day, day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. I think it, there, we can relate to that in our country. Uh, even right now. He said, Oh, that I had a wilderness, in, a, in the wilderness, a lodging place of wayfaring or traveling men, that I might leave my people and go from them. Is, is there anybody that sometimes you just feel like you just like to, to, to leave America? Now, I'm going to read the rest of this, but let me say this to you. You know, there's a lot of bad going on right now. But you know what? There's a lot of good going on, too. And uh, we need to know that and remember that. Amen? And he said, uh, you know, there's times, yeah, I'll hear things. Like, oh, my gosh, I'd just like to go to another country sometimes. But, you, you know, it's like, where would you go? You know, uh, I, still think, I still think the United States, is. this is just me. If you're seeing this in foreign land, you may think this about your own country. And, and, may, and you should. You should be able to. But I still think this is the best place on the planet Earth to live. Amen. 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 When I leave here, I, I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Amen. I've been other countries, and I, I, I like living here better. Amen. No offense to them. They probably like, maybe they like living better where they're at. That's fine. Amen. Now, listen. We may have a thin crowd this morning because some of the things I want to say this morning, maybe we're not so thrilled to hear it, but uh, I think it's time in the church that we kind of wake up a little bit and just think we got to hear about what's mine every week. Well, it's quiet on that, but uh, thank God for what we have in our redemption. I'm a redemption preacher, always will be, but there's times we need to blow the trumpet in Zion. Amen. And so, he said, Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place for a wayfaring or traveling men, that I might leave my people and go from them, for they are all adulterous, an assembly of treacherous men. And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies. But, and this is what I want to talk about this morning, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, says the Lord. Now, this, uh, this is what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about valiant for the truth and how somebody in our day, in our time, has to step it up and be valiant for the truth. And guess who that somebody is? That's the church. 
Years ago, Pastor Chuck, uh, and I, I, I honestly think he was sincere, a man by the name of Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? You know, Pilate wanted to let Jesus go. He tried every way he could think of to, get, to let him go. He didn't, want to, he didn't want to do that to him. He knew he was an innocent man. He finally washed his hands with water and said, I washed my hands of the blood of this innocent man. I don't have anything to do with this. This is on you. And the children of Israel said, let his blood be on us. But Pilate asked Jesus, he said, what is truth? Well, Jesus told us what truth is. He said, thy word is truth. God's word's the truth. Amen. And we are in a place right now that if the church doesn't speak the truth, there's not going to be any truth. So we as the church, we, we are the ones that have to be valiant for the truth. We can't be wishy-washy about what, what is truth. This is the truth. Amen. And so we have to be valiant for the truth. And we got to do like... You know, Jude, he, he said this, and I understand this because it ha it's happened in our day. Jude said, I, I was going to write to you about our common salvation. And he said, but I found it necessary to, to, to write to you to contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints for certain men have crept in unawares. And I, I know what he's talking about. I, I, I began my ministry in 1980. Uh, Two, and um, I began preaching about our redemption. I began preaching about faith and healing and all the good things God has blessed us with. Now, I did that because that's what the Lord called me to do. You understand that? Uh, you know, I, I realize there are other Bible subjects. I, I, I didn't really preach that much on, I mean, I'm sure it came out in my messages, but I just didn't have messages on living right, you know, on holiness and things like that. I'm sure occasionally maybe I brought it up, but I just majored on our redemption, who we are in Christ. And, and then as, yeah, that was great when, when we, we, I enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, I'd travel uh, and preach in different churches and and, uh, you know, camp meetings and set up our own meetings and things like that. And uh, but then something happened uh, several years ago where the church started getting dirty. And God began to deal with me that you're going to have to come down and not just talk about our common salvation, but contend for the faith. Because there are certain people that like to derail the bedrock foundation of the church. They're certainly trying it in the nation. And somebody has got to stand up, and that somebody happens to be the pastors and the preachers in the pulpits and the believers in the pews. Amen. Where we have got to be valiant for the truth. I mean, the devil, and let's lay it at where it is. You know, we, we sometimes blame it on people, but it's the devil that's doing it. He uses people, but it's the devil. And all of you that... At one time, well, I guess I can't say all of you, but probably, probably most of us at one time, we were agents of His. Unless you got born again when you were very little, you were probably an agent of His, and you were used by Him. And so we can't just look at people out in the world and say, well, why do you act that way? They act that way because their father is the devil. Now, I didn't say they're bad people or they're the devil. I'm just saying, you, they, they, really, the truth of the Bible is, the Bible truth is you're either serving God or you're serving the devil. Right. 
Either God's your father or the devil is by default. Now, you may not believe that. You may not know that. If you're lost, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't believe that. But it is the truth that we, Paul called it the prince of the power of the air that works in the children of disobedience. And so we have to understand that we don't, you know, yes, we, sometimes I get aggravated at politicians. Sometimes I get aggravated at people. But, but the real root cause is the devil who's out to destroy our nation. He's out to destroy the foundations. And I've never seen a time in my life where everything has just been turned upside down. Everything. Everything we've held dear for years and knew to be the truth and knew to be right has been challenged. And too much, this isn't, this isn't aimed at you, I'm just using this generically, too much of the church has just remained silent about it. I've seen, I've heard of, I haven't seen it as much as what people have told me about it because I don't watch that much TV and when I do it's just usually sports or westerns. Uh, because I'd rather watch John Wayne than some preachers. Because I know, you know, he's going to be honorable. <laughs> All right, it is really quiet in here. Jesus, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe you got me in trouble here. But I, I'm going to go through with what God said to talk to you about this morning, whether it goes good or not. Um, we have preachers today in America that can't, that, that can't even tell you what's right and wrong any longer. All they can say is, well, I'm not the judge. That's all they can say. Now, that does not give any direction at all. No, we're not the judge of people. God's the judge of people. But we are the judge by the word of God of what's right and wrong. When Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged, he was talking about don't be a judgmental person. Always finding fault with people. Because you read in the New Testament, Paul said we're to judge things. Amen. And so... We, you know, we in America, we, 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 we've got, we, God's gifted us with a precious thing called our nation. He's gifted us with a lot of freedoms. And so we have to be valiant for the truth. Amen. So we're going to talk about being valiant for the truth that we're the ones, we have the truth. And a lot of people, you know, there are people out there that they're in, you know, you know, because the, the devil just messed everything up. It's like people in America, and, and I don't, I, I, I'm sorry if I sound negative this morning. I'm not, I'm trying to be more positive about it. But there are people in America, they don't even know what bathroom to go to. Now, how did we get here? How in the world did we get, we don't even know what bathroom to go to? And think that's normal? Don't even know what, what you are. Don't even know what sex you are. We learned that a long time ago, how to tell that. And I hadn't forgot. I mean, there's X, 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 Y chromosomes, even science. You, you, can't, you can't deny it, it's science. It's not just Bible, it's science. In the beginning, God made a male and female. How, how did we get here? I'm not criticizing people that are bound by the devil and are having issues there because there are people that are truly bound by the devil. There are people that are on these causes, these 
perverted sexual causes just because it's the cause of the day. It's the popular thing of the day. But there are people that are just bound by the devil. And they, need, they, don't need us, they don't need us telling them that everything's okay. They need truth spoke to them. But let me show you now. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I don't want to send you out here. and I'm going to find me somebody. I'm going to speak some truth to them. Wait a minute. Let's, let's, let's listen to some things the Scripture says. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Go there. <laughs> Might be a quiet morning. I hope so because we have to be valiant for the truth. We're the ones that have the truth. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible says, but speaking the truth in love. Amen. We're to speak the truth in love. In other words, we're the ones, we're, we're the ones that, that are to speak the truth, but we're to do it in love. Amen. I saw a demonstration the other day. I saw the sign. And it was, I guess, a Christian. I guess, I suppose. Uh, and they were demonstrating something that the world was doing, which was perverted, by the way, which I didn't agree with. But they had a sign that said, God hates you. God hates you. Well, God doesn't hate those people. He, he loves those people. Amen. The Bible said God so loved the world. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means he loved the inhabitants of the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. He didn't hate them. But now here's the thing that we have to watch because this has crept into the church. Just because you disagree with something doesn't mean you're a hater. Amen. Just because, and really, if the world would just, because they'll tell us, you know, if we don't agree with their perverted lifestyle, by perverted I mean contrary to the word, that we're haters. We're bigots. We're haters. But that's just because they don't have a real argument. If you have to, res if you have to result to name calling, it's because you don't have any, you don't have, you don't have anything on, you don't have any truth on your side. That's all you got to throw. Amen. Someone once said, you know, cursing is a limited mind trying to express itself. You can't think of anything else to say, so it's just blankety blank. There's a lot of limited minds. How many used to have a limited mind? Well, what I'm talking about is now we're, we're being taught that because we stand for truth that we don't, we don't walk in love. But even a parent, anybody that's been a parent should know that love, true love, doesn't mean agreement. It doesn't mean I agree. You may love your children, but you certainly don't agree with everything they do. Amen. Right? And along the way, you're going to correct some of that. Right. Come on. Amen. Yeah, hopefully you will, because we have to be in the grocery store with them at the same time. So hopefully you'll correct some of those things. Because, you know, children have to be, they have to be, they have to be taught. See, we're even society, I'm hearing like we're supposed to let young kids make up their own mind about life. Oh, no, no, no. They don't know enough. Come on. You make up their minds until they know enough, until they're old enough to make their own decisions. That's right. Amen. You let them choose what they're going to eat, and you know what they're going to eat. Mm -hmm. Junk all the time. 
And that's not good for me. So this idea, because I don't agree with your lifestyle, that I don't love you, you got that backwards, friend. The truth of the matter is true believers in Jesus Christ are the only ones that you can disagree with, not like them and hate them, and they still love you. And they still will pray for you. And they still will be there when you need hands laid on you. Amen. And so the idea, don't let that be pushed off on you. Just don't pay any attention to it. The Bible says that we're to speak the truth, but we're to speak it in love. But we're to speak the truth, but we're to do it in love. And so we love, we, and you know, really, if you really love somebody, you'll tell them the truth. You'll do it in love, but you'll tell them the truth. You know, if you're messed up, I mean, I, I want to know. I want to know. You know, if you got, if you're sitting in a restaurant, you got something on your face, and you're sitting there talking to the waiter, I'm gonna tell you. Hey, man, you you know, you got taco sauce on your face. Get it off. Well, that offends me. Well, you shouldn't be so touchy because I'm just trying to help you. Amen. I mean, come on, we all need help. Amen. <laughs> And so we all, we all need that. We all need, there, there, you see, it got, the Bible even said, Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke. If I love you. So, but this, there's been, there's, there's this push now, and, and, and it's all geared to try to get the church to shut up. And it's all the devil. Amen? I said amen? amen. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Go there. We're in Ephesians 3. I want to show you. I'm going to look at some scripture. I'm not going to go long. This isn't one of those messages you can drag out very long. <laughs> Ephesians chapter, but I know it's of God, so I'm, I'm on it. Amen. We need to be valiant for the truth right now. And I want to show you something here that happened when a man was valiant for the truth, what happened in the nation. We need to be valiant for the truth. Now, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, go to verse... 13, Paul talking about the armor of God. <clears throat> well, why don't we just back up? Let's, let's just do uh, 12. Uh, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in, in high places or heavenly places. Because of this, because we're in a battle. See, we're not, we're not our, like I said, our battle isn't really, you know, with one party or the other party. Although, one party may be yielding to the devil. We can't vote for that party. But it's the devil behind it. Amen. He says, wherefore, look at this, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Everybody say evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. See, one of the pieces of armor that protects us from evil is the truth. Now, the less truth we have, the more evil we're going to have. You understand that? A lot of people wonder why all this mess in our nation, all these shootings that's happened lately, all these shootings, and um, all the evil, all the things that are taking place. Why is that? Well, let me just, let me just digress, digress a little bit. If you go back and you check the history of America and you do it honestly, you don't do it at, through the rewritten versions, you'll find out that America was founded as a, as a Christian nation. 
absolutely no way to dispute that. People will say, well, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Well, then how did all the scriptures get on all the older buildings? How did all this happen? How did our former presidents make all these proclamations about God and about prayer and about fasting? See, it's only modern times where they've taken the uh, separation of church and state and tried to use it to keep the, keep the church out of the state. Separation of church and state, when you studied out, was to keep the state out of the church. It was, it was it, one of the reasons was is so the state couldn't say this is the way you got to worship. Right. It was left to the individual to decide. Amen. And so now it's been used to try to keep the church, you know, like we can't have any religious things in our society because it might offend somebody. Let me tell you something, and that's just not offensive, but us Christians were here before the Muslims were. I'm not against anybody, but let's just be straight about this and be honest. We were here. We were here. We were the ones that founded the nation. Right. You understand that? Yes. And so, um, I know that doesn't go over, and that may get us off Facebook. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Uh, the truth of the matter is we need to get back in the church and know where we stand and where our authority's at and stand on our authority, praise God. And this nation needs to get back. And the reason why we're seeing all, and what I was after was, I was going to say this, this nation was founded on biblical principles. Our laws were founded on biblical principles. Just, just look at them. They, you know, they're, even today, you know, they don't want the Ten Commandments in the courthouse. One judge in Alabama got in trouble because he refused to remove them from behind his bench. But yet, you're going to stand before that judge if you break some of those commandments. And we're told you can't have them on there, but yet if you break them, we can put you in jail. Don't people stand before the judge for stealing? Don't they stand before the judge for murder? Well, see, some of these things, they don't even make sense when you think about it because it don't, never makes sense. But you go back. And our, our nation was founded, it was founded on truth. Now, we have rejected, I'm talking about our, our leadership and our nation has rejected the truth of God's Word. And the, the less truth we have, the more evil we have. Because part of our armor against evil is the belt of truth. And if we get rid of truth, don't, there's no way to solve the evil. You know, now I'm going to say some things here that might be controversial and all, but it's just my it's just my thoughts. Okay, you know, we got a lot of you know, like the gun issue that's going on. Like we got to get guns out of people's hands. Guns aren't your problem, folks. It's the people. It's the devil. It's the removal of truth. No, certainly somebody that's not mentally stable should not have a gun. Period. That should be that should not be hard to figure out. You don't give. Pardon this, this isn't politically correct, but you don't give a crazy person a gun and say, behave. That ought to be common sense. So there ought to be some common sense about it, all right? That's just, but that's not the answer. The answer is get the truth back because it's part of our armor. And God saw, God saw, I hope maybe he still does because there's a lot of believers still in America. Hallelujah. And there's a strong church in America still. 
God, God sees the America, as He saw, hopefully He still does, as a righteous nation. I, I don't know how He can see it that way now, but maybe He does because of us. But I'll just say this, part of the armor for us is the belt of truth. And when, the more we get rid of truth in America, the more evil we're going to have. It's just that way. You want to you uh, make laws that are against God's word? Expect evil to come because it's going to. Amen. So we have to understand somebody's got to be valiant for the truth. It's us. And you say, well, you know, I know there's a lot of pastors that are, that are giving in now. They're giving in. They're like saying, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to be disliked. You know who I'm more concerned about being offending? I'm more concerned about offending Jesus, the head of the church, than I am the mayor of the city. Are you with me? I mean, the mayor of the city can celebrate what he wants to celebrate. I ain't celebrating it. You got that? I'm not celebrating perversion. I'm not celebrating sin. I'll help people bound in, but I'm not celebrating with it. And act like this is all, all right. We're all we're all good here. No, that's you're gonna end up in hell and want to know why I didn't tell you the truth. Come on now. Come on. That's what's going to happen. Well, why didn't the church tell? Well, the church has got we, we're the ones that's supposed to be valiant for the truth. That's what that that's what Jeremiah said. He said, "Isn't there anybody valiant for the truth?" Thank God there is. Amen. But it's just a little reminder, amen, that we, we have the truth. We've got to be valiant for the truth. Does that mean we run around and tell everybody what's wrong with them? No, that's not your business, but there's times you need to speak up. You understand that? How many know that? I mean, I feel us remember this maybe. Years ago, we were with friends of ours, and they wanted us to meet this evangelist and his wife in another bigger city, big city. So they took us over there to meet them, you know. So we went to their residence, you know, and we're, we're just talking and getting to know them and so forth. And I think we did some praying together. I don't know if you remember that night or not. But anyway, they started speaking, talking about another minister who was preaching things that were wrong. And so they started talking about how he's preaching things wrong. And they said, one of, one, they said we need to go over there right now and confront them. And our friend said, yeah, let's go right now. I said, I'm not going. You're not going? I said, no, I'm not going. Why aren't you going? I'm not going because, number one, I don't even know them. Number two, I don't have any right to speak in their life. Number three, I never heard them preach a thing wrong. So you all go if you want to go, but I'm not going. Why? Well, maybe they were wrong, but it wasn't my place to speak up. Y'all listening to me? But God, God has, God's going to, God's going to, we're going to be in situations as the church where, yeah, the subject's brought up. Or, yeah, they're, they're person under our influence or under our authority or in our sphere of our world. We need to speak the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. People need to know the truth. Yeah. A lot of people don't, they just don't know any longer. They haven't heard it. Preachers don't preach it any longer. When's the last time you heard a good sermon on TV preacher preaching about sin? Well, that's too long. No, you'll hear him preach about, you know, God loves you. He does. You'll hear him preach about, you know, uh, you know uh, this is your best life right now. My best life ain't never going to be right now. I'm sorry. My best life's yet to come. 
Now, you can have a good life right now in Jesus Christ, but my best one ain't never going to be now here on this earth. It's going to be in heaven. Amen. And so all that stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily if it's scriptural, it's in the Bible. But the point I'm making is, is the, the world needs to hear some preachers preach on righteousness and holiness and right living and what the Bible has to say about marriage. Right. Amen? Right. What the Bible has to say about abortion. Amen? It's just, the Bible talks about these things. How many know that? It, uh, the Bible's pretty simple about sex. God invented it. It's not evil. It was His idea. It was a good idea. But God said, here's the way this works. A man loves a woman, and they get married, and they do that. They have permission. But outside of that, nobody else does. Well, that's just too hard. Well, the Bible says the way to heaven's narrow. You want to take the wide way and go to hell? That's up to you. I'm going to take the narrow way. Amen. See, the Bible, the Bible tells us these things. The Bible talks about, about how God, He knew you before you were born. He knew you in the womb. He ordained Jeremiah a prophet to the nations in the womb. Uh, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. Come on. It talk, it, there's plenty of scriptures in there let you know that that's not just a blob. That's not just a fetus. That's a baby. But yet we have a, a group of people in our nation that want you to be able to kill that baby on the way to the hospital. Actually, we have a group right now that wants you to be able to kill it seven days after it's born. I'm telling you, somebody's got to speak truth. Amen. Come on. Now, I want you to go, since, since uh, this is going over so good, let's go to 1 Kings. Go there, 1 Kings. You know, the truth's what's going to make you free. You know, the devil puts you in bondage, but the truth will make you free. That's what Jesus said. Go to, go to 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18. Go there. And I want to show you something about Elijah. <laughs> Thank God for Elijah. Uh, we have to watch this because here, here's what's going to happen. In these last days, Jesus warned us. He said, in, because iniquity would abound, the love of many would, would grow cold. But he that endures to the end will be saved. Now, what is he talking about? Well, because what happens is we get to where we, we, start, we start being conformed to the world. And we start accepting what they're accepting. And, and, and because iniquity is just abounding everywhere. I, you know, and, and what happened, our, when you accept things that God doesn't accept, your love starts to grow cold. But he said, he that endures, he that stays hooked to the truth to the end, the same will be saved. I don't know, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know when the Lord's coming back. But if. If I were him, I'd do it this afternoon. But I have a feeling I don't have a vote. I don't think you do either. But till he comes back, listen, we're not to surrender. Right. 
We're not to surrender our nation. Amen. We're not to surrender the church. We're not to surrender the truth on morality. Amen. You know, I, I see those signs, those women who support abortion carry, and they say, it's my body. I say, it certainly is, ma'am. It's your body, but the one you're about to kill isn't your body. That's somebody else's body. Amen. So we have to, go, we, you know, and I know, the, you look, look, you say, well, if, if, I, if I would stand up for these things, I'm going to get persecuted. That's exactly right. <laughs> Shout, somebody. <laughs> the Bible said, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All that will live, listen to what he said, all that will live godly. If you're living godly, yeah, going to be some people don't like you. In, I mean, we got to be tougher than this. You know, like I said, we're right now. I know this. This. This is you know a little different this morning, but right. But it. But it, we need to hear it. Amen. Right now, I mean, in America, we're we're raising a, a weak. We're we're teaching our kids to be weak, like they can't take anything. And we wonder why the girlfriend breaks up with the. 13-year-old and he takes his life? It's not his fault. We raised him that way. We raised him to be weak. When I was 13 years old, if my girlfriend broke up with me, I'd have another one before the day's over. <laughs> Move on, Sally. We were raised a little tougher. Our parents didn't give us mental health days. They kicked us in the butt and said, get, get to school. Before it gets worse. Somehow we survived it. We drank out of a garden hose instead of heavy on water. We rode in the back of the truck without seat belts. Amen. We didn't get designer clothes or designer tennis shoes. We were good if we could just get a pair of Converse. You know, the ones that had a little patch, you know, they, they've come back in now. They're back in style now. You know, you'd wear the high tops of the patch, round little thing on there. Oh, that's, that's, that's style now. Well, it was style in my day. And it was like, boy, if I get a pair of those, if I'd get a pair of those, and boy, maybe it might took you a year, but you'd get a pair. Amen. <laughs> we didn't get a bottle of pop every day. We got one on Friday. We walked to school in the snow. And I told Phyllis, it came up to my waist. She said, yeah, but you were six years old. <laughs> well, it was still my waist. I remember one day my sister Kathy grabbed my hand, dragging me to school, man. I'm up in the snow in my waist, you know. Just drag you along. We'll get you there. I felt like Charlie Brown, Lucy. <laughs> but the point is, is we, you know, we, we're raising weak people. We're telling them that, that this should offend you. That this should hurt you. Instead of telling them you should just get over it. You should get tough. Even our military's gotten that way. In some, some areas I've read about, it's like, are you kidding me? I 
I remember, I'm closing here. I got another scripture to read though. What, where are we at? First Kings. I want to read that scripture. Uh, but I remember this, you know, I remember reading this guy, uh, he, his name was Johnny Johnson. He was the first black uh, assistant secretary of the Navy. And he wrote a book called uh, on, on Love, and I read that years ago. And he told the story about when he arrived at boot camp. He, he said, I had a hat on, you know. He said, I'm standing here with my hat on. And he said, that drill sergeant said, you like that hat, son? Yeah, I do, sir. He said, put it on the ground. He said, I took it on the ground. He said, stomp on it. He said, I stomped on it. He said, kind of looks dead, doesn't it? He goes, yes, sir. He said, what do you do, dead things? He said, you bury him? He said, go dig a hole and bury that hat. So he made him dig a several foot deep hole, bury that hat. He said, I got it all covered up, got back in line. He said, son, you really liked that hat, didn't you? He said, yes, I did, sir. He said, that was the wrong thing. He said, go dig it up. Let's have another look at it. <laughs> See, that's called abuse today. In those days, that was called hardening you up. Well, you'll obey any command. So when you're out there on the battlefield, the first command barked at you, you'll obey it and you don't die. And that is what's happened to society is we've stopped giving commands and stopped being authoritative. Whatever you want, dear, whatever you believe. Oh, honey, if you want to, you know, if you want to call her on the wall, well, there's just, well, that's okay. We, we just don't want to warp your personality. Your, their personality is so warped right now. It needs straightened out. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You've got to drive it out of them. Come on. I told Phyllis, says, when I was a kid, I was so bold. That's wonder I didn't. I said, I'm, I'm not near as bold as I was as a kid. I'd do all kinds of things. She's, you know, but, but I think it's because you have to have that stupidity driven out of you. I was telling her how I would go to groundhog holes, you know. I mean, what a groundhog is. They dig a hole in there. Man, I'd get one down in there, and man, I'd grab me a stick, and I'd poke him. He'd just <laughs> growl at me. You know, here I am all seven years old. And I thought, man, I wouldn't do that today for nothing. I was more of a warrior then than I am now. I'm a coward now. <laughs> like, nah, no way, man. I'm messing with him. He'd come out there and eat me alive, you know. I remember one time in my cousin's neighbor, they, they had dogs, you know, and they, had, they used these, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they didn't work well in the wintertime because they were still 55-gallon drums that they used for doghouse. They'd throw straw in there. They had one dog in there. I just went up there and kicked the side of that. He's in there asleep. Man, he, he wasn't happy. <laughs> you know, they say Roger Bannister ran the first four-minute mile. No, he didn't. I did. When that dog came out of there, I'm telling you, he was after me. He's going to eat me alive. Yeah. I remember going to the, the, you know, my cousin's house, and they had a mean old bull out in the pen, and he said, I bet you can't get across the, the pasture before he gets to you. Oh, yeah, I can. And he said, let's just see. I climbed over. I mean, as soon as I got out there, he looked at me for a little bit. He waited till I got where he waited. I, but bulls aren't that. They're pretty smart. He waited until he thought, he thought I was far enough I couldn't get away from him. He didn't come at me as soon as I got in. He let me walk out there a little ways. Boy, he went, here he came. I'm telling you, I made it by that much. He about got me. We were raised tougher. And we need to put that back in our kids, that you're not weak. 
you're not going to break. He's like a pastor friend of mine. He said, he said, I'll tell you in my church, he's been, he'd been pastoring for many, many years. He said, in my church, he said, when I have a young couple and they first have their first baby, he said, they won't bring it to the nursery for quite some time. They just, they won't do it. He said, you know, he said, after they've had three, he said, they're there 15 minutes early saying, take these kids. <laughs> they finally found out they ain't going to break all that easy. God put them together pretty good. Amen. Are you in Kings? Look at verse 17. First Kings 18, verse 17. It, it came to I got to go. Glory to God. Are you ready now? It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said unto him, Are you he that troubles Israel? Now Ahab, it, the king of Israel, the Bible says that about him and his wife Jezebel, it says there was no one like them before or after that did evil in the sight of the Lord. These were wicked people. Elisha's the man of God. And he, the king says, are you he that troubles Israel? He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house, in that you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed Balaam. Now, isn't this something that the most wicked king in the history of Israel tells the prophet, you're the one that's causing the problems? Isn't that just like today? That they think we're the problem? But the thing I like about Elijah, he never backed down from the truth. See, the Bible warns us that there's a day coming. Isaiah 50, excuse me, Isaiah 520. It says this, woe to those that call evil good and good evil. Now, when the Bible says, whoa, we better pay attention. Now, I thought about this. I'm going to read the rest of this verse in a minute. But I thought about this verse before. And I thought about, you know, when I was growing up and when I was a teenager, I did things that were, that were wrong. But the thing about it that's different is in those days, we knew they were wrong. We didn't think they were right. We just wanted to do them. Amen. So we didn't have this mindset, they're evil and we're good. But now the mindset is they call evil good, good evil. Listen to this. They put darkness for light, light for darkness. They put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. And the Bible says, whoa. See, this is what's happened with Elijah. Elijah is the man of God. Elijah is the man that's speaking the truth. And now the prophet says, you're the one that's troubling Israel. You're the one that's causing these problems. And Elijah said, I'm not the one that's troubling Israel. It's you. But here's the thing. Now, here, here's, what I wanted to, here's what I want to get to. Elijah, and you, you know the story probably. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. And he said, you gather all the prophets of Baal. And, uh, you know, I will call upon the name of the Lord. You have them call on the name of Baal. And the one that answers by fire, let him be God. And so the Bible says they, you know, they, they, built, they went to the altar of Baal and they, they laid their sacrifice and they're, they're calling on Baal, you know, and, and uh, you know, they, he, he won't, he's not coming, he's not answering. It says they, they even cut himself with stones until the blood gushed out. That's the way the devil is. And, uh, <clears throat> and then Elijah began, the Bible said, mock him. He said, cry a little louder. Maybe he's on vacation. 
Nothing happened. And then Elijah said, all right, my turn. He said, now, he said, I'm going to rebuild the altar of Jehovah, and I'm going to put this sacrifice of this bullock on the altar. And he said, now pour water on it. He actually dug a trench around the altar where it would catch the water, pour water on it, pour more water on it until it filled the trenches. And he called on God and fire came down. And all of Israel, listen, all of Israel said, the Lord, He is God. And I thought, one man was valiant for the truth and it sparked revival in the whole nation. I'm convinced if the church... See, the, too many in the church thinks if we speak the truth... Now remember, everybody say, in love. in love. Too many people think if we speak the truth, we lose everybody. No, the fact of the matter is if we speak the truth, revival breaks out. Amen. See, we got people praying for revival, which they should... But praying for revival alone is not going to do it. You've got to get out and speak the truth. People got to hear the truth. When Paul, the Bible says, he turned all of Asia upside down. All of Asia heard the word of the Lord. We've got to get back to being valiant for the truth. Wow. Let's close. Luke 20. Did you get anything today? A little long, but let's go here. Luke 20. So here's a man by the name of Elijah. He speaks the truth. He's valiant for the truth. And it causes revival. The devil's trying to convince the church just the opposite today. If you speak the truth, they're going to hate you. No, it'll cause revival. I said it'll cause revival. It may cause a riot for a while, but revival will take place if you, don't, if you stand for the truth. There used to be, a, he's in heaven now, a gentleman came to this church. He went on to be with Jesus some years back. But I said, you know what I like about him? Here's what I like about him. I said, uh, wherever he goes, one or two things happen. Revival or riot. He either gets people excited about Jesus or he burns the whole place down. But nothing's staying the same. Some of you know who I'm talking about. At his funeral, the Lord led me to, to, to preach uh, out of Acts where they called Paul a pestilent fellow. So I took that scripture and I preached at his funeral that he was a godly pest. He was a pestilent fellow. He bugged people. But in a good way. And I'll tell you what. I thought, I don't know how the family's going to take this for sure, but this is what God's put on my heart. Now, of course, I'm trying to help. I would never try to do anything that would hurt him. But I really felt like this is what God wanted me to talk about. That's the way his life was. And I tell you, no kidding. After that service, one family member after another said, that was him to a T. That was so good. That was exactly him. I thought, well, he was the same at home as he was in public. You either liked him or you didn't like him, but you couldn't deny him. Amen. Well, listen now. I, I, I want you to see this, and we're going to close right here. Come on. Are, are you getting anything out of this? Let's close right here. Luke chapter 20. Go there. And um, I want to read uh, a couple verses here. In Luke chapter 20, verse number 17, and this is Jesus, and it says, And he beheld them, and he said, What is this then that is written? The stone that the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Now, 
Now, whosoever shall fall, verse 18, um, excuse me, um, whosoever shall fall on that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Now, what is he talking about? Well, he's talking about them rejecting Jesus, the Word. And he said, he said, listen, whoever falls on this stone, it'll, it shall be broken. But if it falls on you, it'll grind you to powder. Now, now, what does he mean by this? Well, see, listen. You can't do away with the Word of God. You can reject it, but it doesn't change a thing. See, that, did you know, did you know this? Come, come on, are you still awake this, this morning? Yeah. Did you know that there are Bible translations now being rewritten to condone sin? Wow. They sure are. New translations are coming out that certain sins that the Bible says, certain things that the Bible says are sin, the new translations don't say that. But did you know? Now, see, the world, the world wants to shut Christians up. It wants to, it wants to get rid of the Bible. It, it wants to shut the church up. If it can't totally shut you up, at least wants to keep you in your four walls, and that's the only place your message goes. But did you know you could throw every Bible away? You could silence every Christian... And you still wouldn't change the word. It'd still be the same. So whether I speak the word or I don't speak the word, it doesn't change the truth of the word. You still have to answer to the word. And you still will get the same results for disobeying the word. Whether we mention it or we don't mention it. The thing about it is if we warn you about it, at least maybe it can avert some disaster in your life. And this is where we're at we're in America where it's already, it's already in, in full swing in Canada. But they're trying to do it in America is shut the Word of God up because it rebukes sin. But it doesn't matter. You can't shut it up. You can't stop it. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass, but not my word. Right. <coughs> so even if we all shut up, we still got to answer to the word. Right. We're still going to get the results the word says we're going to get by disobeying it. I think it's better to know about it. Yes. Amen. Come on, Pastor. Amen. You know, just because you're ignorant of something doesn't mean it's not going to hurt you. You know, I do a little bit of electrical work. I might wire your toaster and your toilet flush, but I do a little bit of electrical work. I know some about it, you know. But here's what I found about electricity. It doesn't matter whether you know what you're doing or not. It'll still shock you. It's just better to know what you're doing. Isn't that right, Pastor Chuck? Yeah, that's right. I remember working on these light switches. You know, we have these light switches uh, on the sides of the sanctuary. And I don't know what happened. I, I think I do. There used to be some cases in here uh, where they uh, had lights on them. And uh, we unhooked all that when we redid did it. And so there was a switch there. And you, you could flip it and it didn't do anything. 
You know, like those two switches, uh, you know, by Tyler, right? By Tyler's head. There were three there. Well, I thought, you know, that one doesn't do anything. It, it's time, after, after so many years, it's time to quit flipping it off and on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it out and put a blank cover on there, you know? So I turned the breaker off because those, those switches, they, they control these side lights. So I turned the breaker off on that. I got it off and I think, praise God, I'm going to unhook that and I'm going to cap those wires. And I reached my hand in there and I want to tell you it was alive with something. <laughs> I felt the Holy Ghost. And I realized this, that breaker, it controls switch one and two, but not three. Now, had I been doing I'd put them all on the same breaker. They're right together. Just because I was ignorant didn't mean it didn't hurt me. From now on, I take the little thing and stick it in there. It's called an electrical tester. I remember one time, I know I'm going long, I'll let you out about one. Maybe that's why there's a lot of people gone this morning. I remember one time I was doing some electricity. You know, I was, I was putting a light kit on a ceiling fan in our house out in the, when we lived out in the country. And, and I had, you know, I had, it, had the kit and had it ready to put on there. Well, I wouldn't turn the breaker off. I'd just go flip the switch off. And it always worked. This day, for some reason, it didn't work. When I reached that, it bit me. I dropped that light kit to the floor. And I'm like, I don't understand this. I don't understand. How, how could, I got the switch off, the lights off. How could it have power to it? It can't. It's impossible. And I asked Randy, my brother, who knows more than I do. Not as good looking as I am, but he knows more. I asked him, he said, oh yeah. He said, if it's wired wrong, if they've got the, the negative, you know, and the, the, uh, the neutral, the neutral and the positive wire switched around, you can switch the light off, but it's still hot. I didn't know that, but it didn't make any difference. See, it doesn't make any difference if we shut up about the Word. It's still the Word. And here's the thing. If you fall on it, it'll break you. But you know what to do? It'll break you into what God wants you to be. But if you wait till it falls on you, it'll grind you to powder. It's better just to fall on the Word. Hallelujah. Instead of it falling on you. Amen. Because we're not going to do away with it. Our nation, listen now, in our nation, there's, no, not, not all people. I don't, I don't mean it to sound like all, you know, all our nation's bad. No, it's just there's a loud voice. They got a loud mouth. They're the minority. And we got to speak up and be valiant for the truth and say, you guys aren't running our lives. You're not running our nation any longer. Just because you got a loud mouth, go back and sit down. Let's speak some truth. Amen. It's almost like if anybody in leadership rises up and speaks the truth, everybody just falls apart like, oh my gosh, they're mean. You know, our last president, you know, he was known for his mean, mean tweets. Well, we got rid of those. The mean tweets are gone. Boy, the gas is a lot higher, though. 
The border's overrun. Our energy independence is gone. Food's higher. Inflation's running away. But thank God the tweets are gone. I don't know how you feel, but I'll take the tweets. I can get over it. Stand up, everybody. <laughs> Did you get anything out of this today? I don't know who preached this morning, but it wasn't your pastor. <laughs> Come on up, Jill. Thank God for his word. I'm just being honest with you, folks. we got to be valiant for the truth. And if we're not, we're going to lose our nation. The church has to be valiant. We have to stand up for the truth. And that doesn't mean we get in everybody's face and, you know, I'm going to straighten you out. No, there's, and, and, but, we, we, but there's times God's going to open doors and we need to speak the truth in love. Right. And we certainly need to speak the truth from our pulpits. Right. And when you do it in love. You know, I've been in situations where I've seen Christians rude to people that were living in sin. That, that's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to walk in love. You're never going to catch them that way. Amen. You know, you, it's, like, it's like Titus said, we were once deceived ourselves, but the grace of God appeared. Hallelujah. So we have to watch that. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.